before we start the show, I have to let you guys know about our sponsor, Velvet Noir BC. Again, Velvet Noir Beard Care Products, the best beard care product line on the market. You can get yourself any three products for $30. Again, that's any three products for $30. That's the Beard Balm, any of the four scented beard oils, the Peach Comb, and the Scented co wash and for listeners of the game plan podcast velvet noir bc has a special deal for you if you type in gptsm in the promo code box again if you type in the promo code gptsm you will get free shipping on your order again if you use the promo code gptsm your next order from velvet noir bc will have free shipping again Velvet Noir BC, top two, not two. Now let's start the show. Anywhere, doing anything, but you're hanging out with us, and we appreciate that. So with that being said, wherever you're listening and however you're listening, we appreciate you guys for listening. And with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting episode of the Game Plan Podcast. Alex Goodwin is my name. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex Goodwin TSM. Again, that's on Twitter at Alex Goodwin TSM. Follow the show on Twitter. Game Plan. TSM, T as in tacos, S as in sangria, M as in margaritas. Kennedy Miller. Yes, sir. How you doing over there, man? I'm pretty good. I'm surviving. I'm surviving. I'm making it every day. Trying to get through this quarantine nonsense. But, um, yeah. Where can they find you on Twitter? Find me on Twitter at CoachKen underscore TNBA. Again, CoachKen underscore T as in Tom. Okay. N as in, I'm going to say New Orleans. All right. B as in Baltimore. A as in Atlanta. All right, all right, all right, man. And, you know, we're never able to record in the same place anymore. You right. Because, you know, I'm I'm up in Denton doing my school thing. You know, you're down here doing what you're doing, coaching these kids. And uh, But, you know, that Rona got everybody all shook up. Yep. This Rona, man, is spreading like wildfire. And it, look, it, 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 it has infected us all. Kevin Durant got that Rona. Rudy Gobert got that Rona. Donovan Mitchell got the Rona. Sean Payton, he got the Rona too. Idris Elba got the Rona. Look, man, my mama's thought my mom was going to lose her mind because Idris Elba has this Rona, man. Like, <laughs> this is something insane. Tom Hanks, 
he got the rotor. Yes. And you know, you know, anytime there are pandemics, you know, people are talking about we're gonna be quarantined and stuck in the house for two, three, four weeks, maybe a month or two, you know, things like that. It's got folks acting all crazy. Folks going to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. You know, buying up all kinds of stuff that they know is, that's perishable. I saw a woman in the grocery store the other day with nine gallons of milk. Jesus, milk expired within ten days. All right, folks, just acting crazy, buying thousands of dollars worth of food at the Kroger. And you know, when pandemics happen, people just lose their minds. But what's Bill O'Brien's excuse for training DeAndre Hopkins for a bottle of Mad Dog Twenty Twenty and some hand sanitizer? Hey, hand sanitizer is valuable right now. It, it is. Would you trade DeAndre Hopkins for some hand sanitizer? No, no not, not in. I kiss the road and keep DeAndre Hopkins. Not any day. I, can somebody, can, can you help explain this to me? Is, 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 I've been thinking about this since Monday. It's Thursday. Has there been something that I have missed? There is no logical explanation for trading DeAndre Hopkins and getting the return in what you got. Um... I mean, kind of like you said, I've kind of like tried to like sit back and like, am I overreacting? Am I missing something? Am I not reading between the lines here? Is Bill O'Brien smarter than everybody else? And the answer that I'm coming up with is, hell no. <laughs> He's not. I mean, because any way you scratch this, it's not a good trade. Because even if you wanted to and then you know it was a report before he got traded that they were looking to get more picks they don't have first round pick this year all this stuff even if you were looking to get more assets what does david johnson bring to the table he he had like one good year was a was a fantasy stud was yeah. a fantasy football stud one year he's barely healthy he lost his job in arizona to kenyon drake and this is who you're advertising the Houston fans is going to replace DeAndre Hopkins and oh I'm sorry, a second round pick as well. I I, I don't get it. And really, what makes Bill O'Brien look like the complete idiot here is not even twenty four hours later. What we agree that DeAndre Hopkins is a top two, top three receiver. I would say if Odell Beckham. Yes. Antonio Brown, we assume he was going, he's going to be back in the league, right? DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas. Like, any of those four guys, you decide to put them at one. I'm cool. I would put Julio Jones in there as well. Julio. But, yes, he's, he could be regarded as the best receiver in the NFL yeah. to a top five receiver. Not even 24 hours later, Stephon Diggs, maybe a top 10, top 12 receiver. Yeah. What did he get traded for? A couple of ones, a three, and a five or something of the sort? It was there's no way that Stephon Diggs equates the same value as DeAndre Hopkins, yet Minnesota got an, a way better deal than what the Texans got for DeAndre Hopkins, who had three years left on his deal. Now, some of the things I've heard coming out like since then, since the deals happened, one, DeAndre Hopkins wanted a new contract. It was yes. prepared to hold out for mm-hmm. a new contract. Like DeAndre Hopkins made it very clear, yo, if I don't get a new deal, I ain't showing up to work. Okay. And this has kind of been a it's a recurring theme that happens with Bill O'Brien. And if Bill O'Brien likes you, he'll pay you your money. Mm-hmm. So, J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt's gotten his money, right? Yes. Um, we assume Deshaun Watts is going to get his money. He likes Deshaun Watson, right? Uh, he did not particularly like Dwayne Brown. He shipped Dwayne Brown out of town, mm-hmm. right? He did not li- particularly like Jadevian Clowney. Got him out he of He sent Jadevian Clowney out of town. 
he apparently had issues with DeAndre Hopkins and with DeAndre Hopkins having his the mother of his kids around and you know the incendiary thought that he compared him to Aaron Hernandez a sociopathic murderer which is one of the more like roundly offensive things I've heard in a long time right like that's insane to me right to start a meeting yeah and then I mean my question is how the hell you continue this meeting after right. saying some saying some shit like that to me we, look, we got to move the furniture. We got to go outside. We got to hit the parking lot. You, you're not going to say that to me in front of all these people and think I'm just going to be cool with it. But he didn't like DeAndre Hopkins either. DeAndre Hopkins, was time for him to get his money again. And he shipped him out of town. And you know what the worst part about all the three dudes I just named? All three guys are good to great players. He didn't get a first round pick for near one of them. And I mean, th- those are just those three. But look, you know, in the last three years, A.J. Bouye. Um, Gone. You said it, Clowny, Honey Badger. Uh, I wasn't that high on Kareem Jackson, but he was solid, I guess. He's starting NFL corner. He's starting NFL corner. Um, all these guys just letting these guys walk, and you're not getting the same value in return. And now you trade a guy who was, you know, behind Andre Johnson, the best receiver you've ever had. For what? That's the part of this that, for me, is just even more upsetting because, so, let's think about this. Oftentimes, with, like, issues of people in authority, right? People always question, the folks in authority oversee others, right? Yes. But who oversees the overseer, right? right. Bill O'Brien was is the head coach, right? He's overseen by the general manager, right? But now that Bill O'Brien's GM, right? Who oversees him, right? He doesn't have one. Only person that oversees him is the owner. And the owner's not clearly not doing a good job of overseeing him because Bill O'Brien's doing all kinds of stuff. Like this DeAndre Hopkins trade would not have went through on Madden. Like if this was 2K, like it's like the Cardinals hit trade override, right, or like, something like it. Like this trade doesn't make very much sense. And then on like the on the field aspect of it for a guy like Deshaun Watson, um, who's your number one receiver? Kenny Stills is a good number two guy, right? Will Fuller is a good complimentary guy, but Will Fuller stays hurt with these soft tissue injuries. Kiki QT, I have never seen him do anything but stand on the sidelines in some sweats. So if it all goes wrong, who does he throw the ball to? That's it. And that that's the point here. Like, Bill, this is New England. You're not Belichick. And this goes again to my point. Coaches do not need to have general manager power. Coaches just need to coach. And Bill's whole tenure here, he's tried to do more than be a head coach. Didn't have an offense coordinator. He wanted to call the plays. Now he gets made to be a GM. I don't care if it's football, basketball, unless you are an all-time great. Bill Belichick and Greg Popovich. The whole coaching and GM thing together has not worked out. Doesn't make you a bad coach. Doc Rivers wasn't a bad coach. Terrible GM. Didn't want to trade his son. (laughs) <laughs> Stan Van Gundy, not a bad coach, terrible GM. He put Andre Drummond, Josh Smith, and Greg Monroe on the floor together. What type of sense does that make? Bill O'Brien might be a C plus B minus head coach, if but that, clearly you've proven to be an F general manager, F plus. I, I I don't know. Like as far as the Texans go, but you know what the worst thing about this is? I said the worst and best thing about this is. What? With all that being said, the Houston Texans will still win nine or ten games next year. And still, I, st- like, 
through it all like and that is a handful of things one you're still very, like throughout this entire last nine to ten years there hasn't been a time when the texans defense hasn't been good like okay. and that's because you know they've had Watt, clowny like mario williams uh Bedardic mckinney like they've had different guys come in and out and still be very good at one point they had four all pros in the front seven right like the defense finds a way to be really really good and now that the defense kind of taking a step back jj watson not been nearly as healthy as he has in the past four or five years you've got watson and watson is a guy like i feel the same way about a guy like vince young right to where everything else is pointing in the idea that you're going to lose this game like you do not have the better team you're being out coached you're being out playing the whole nine yards you got you, you you got vince young and vince young can do things other people can't deshaun watson's the exact same way deshaun watson like we saw him when they played buffalo for three quarters, Houston Texans got outplayed, outcoached, outmanned in all facets. Then all of a sudden, Deshaun Watson said, all right, guess I've got to be Deshaun Watson. And they won the game. So him just being Deshaun Watson will win you four or five ball games by himself. Bad coaching, like coaching be damned, skill be damned. He's Deshaun Watson. But that can only take you so far. Only so far. And that's the thing, like I... It was one thing when it was just Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins. And then you said, oh, well, you have a solid front seven. We knew they had holes, but we knew they were going to win the division because they had too much star power. It was always multiple stars that would step up and make a play. Like you said, Deshaun Watson did in that, in that Buffalo game. I just don't know, coming into a season, how sustainable it is with like the weapons that you just named around him. Like, I mean, Jesus. I mean, the man can make some magic. He got kicked in the face one time and, and yeah. still and still threw a touchdown against the Raiders, I believe. But I just don't know. I don't even know if they'll be able to win their division with the roster currently constructed. Now, again, maybe Bill is smart than what maybe he, he's got a trade coming up. Maybe he, he's gonna get somebody in the draft or somebody's gonna fall in the draft that you're gonna say, Hey, him going to the Texans actually changes things for their future. But as for right now, looking at their offensive weapons and their skill set, and with the inability of guys like Will Fuller and even the running back they just brought in, David Johnson, to stay healthy, I don't I don't I don't know. I don't know how far it's gonna take them. I don't know how they're gonna beat Tennessee, honestly. I think the thing with a guy like uh O'Brien is O'Brien seems to crave control. Yes. Right? I think that's why like a college job worked really well for him because yep. he can con he you can control a bunch of 18 19 20 year olds right you can't control growing men mm -hmm. and i think that that becomes he's one of those guys who has just like issues with that a lot of coaches who had coached in college you know you get used to that kind of structure and that kind of being at the right. top of the kingdom thing right then you come to the pros and they're like yeah we ain't doing that I ain't doing that. That's not how this is about to work and they're getting paid more than you and they're getting paid a lot more than you and people care about them a whole lot more O'Brien doesn't seem to like that very much, and, and like, but that's why your coach should not be your GM because yes. O'Brien is making extremely short-sighted moves. So like, he can't see the forest for the trees. Like the Laramie Tunzel thing, you need to get Laramie Tunzel, right? You needed a left yes. tackle because if you didn't. Deshaun Watson might have ended up like Andrew. Like, like you know, right. what? I'm 26 years old. I'm gonna go do something else. I can't take it anymore. Agreed. Right. So you had to go out there and get Tunzel, right? And you gave up two first and a third. All right, cool. I'm cool with that move, right? But then they go make another move and they're giving up more assets. So it's kind of like, all right, how are you going to replenish your roster? 
because the, the key to replenishing your roster is cheap players. Cheap right. players that do not take away from your ability to pay your quarterback. Because once your quarterback gets expensive, everything, the other pieces on your offense have to kind of downsize. Right. So they're trying to win while Deshaun's cheap. Deshaun about to get this extension in a couple weeks, in a couple months, right? It's coming. And the one weapon you knew you could have had, it traded him for a bottle of Mad Dog 2020 and a half drink bottle of Secret and Shit. Emotional, emotional moves. Like, even it was Jalen Strong came out and was like, Y'all wonder why I barely got on the field my first three years. I'm not surprised by this because I know who Bill O'Brien is. Y'all are just starting to see this. And he was like, he kind of ruined my career. These are emotional moves that he's making with guys that still can produce on the field. And you look at a guy like, I mean, everybody loves J.J. Watt. City of Houston loves J.J. Watt. But the reality is his production has declined so much, so much from when he was that defensive player of the year, 20-sack guy, you know, one of the most dominant players in the NFL. Injuries have been a big part of it. But to look up and see that, I, I never thought I would look up and see that J.J. Watt would still be there with Clowney gone, with DeAndre Hopkins gone, with Honey Badger being on the roster, then not being on the roster, A.J. Bouye gone. I never thought I would see that. You know what the wild thing about, like, Watt is? Like, and you're right about that, right? Watt's last full season, 2018, Watt had 16 sacks. <laughs> like, last year, he only played eight ball games, four sacks, right? In the years before that, in 2016, three ball games. 2017, five ball games. 2018, he played 16, all 16. Yeah, and last so year, he played eight. But all before that, we're talking 20 sacks, 10 sacks, 20 and a half, 17 and a half. Like, yeah, in the- his prime, that, like, three or four-year stretch, J.J. Watt was amazing. If he stays on the field like he did in 2018, he's still a, a really a good player. I can't count on you to stay on the field, though. I, I can't. I his, his decline has already hit to where he's more of what once was and not what I'm looking forward to in the next year. It's almost kind of like uh – when you see like BT do these uh, lifetime achievement things, and they come out there and sing, and they can't hit the high note they used to yeah. hit, like uh, who did that one year? It was Bell Bevel. They were singing Poison, and Ricky couldn't get the mm-hmm. it's drive. He he couldn't get there anymore. And it, and to the people that don't know, when they're watching it, somebody that doesn't was like, man, you, if you only know. you knew, <laughs> if only you knew back it back in the day, and that that's kids now. You can only say, well, JJ Watt back then was a monster. He was a he was a one man show back there, but now he he got to rev it up a little bit. You got to you got to rev him up a little bit. He can't just he's not as dominant as he once was. And so sad reality. All I'm gonna say is just we got to go to break. I hope Bill O'Brien know what he's doing. I <laughs> hope. And I'm be real with you. If it wasn't for this Rona, I'd be outside the Texans building picketing. <laughs> Bill O'Brien picketing. Think he's got some death threats? Probably so. Probably so. I, I, probably so. And, and that ain't cool. It's not. That ain't cool. But Bill O'Brien definitely needs, needs to lose his job behind this. But the bad thing is when you have Deshaun Watson, you, gonna, you ain't never going to be mediocre. That's right. the. Let's go to break because I'm going to have to post something out. <laughs> we'll be right back. This is Game Plan Podcast. Don't go too far. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. To the Game Plan Podcast, Alex Goodwin is my name. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex Goodwin TSM. Again, it's on Twitter at Alex Goodwin TSM. 
follow the show on twitter game plan tsm that is t as in ted s as in sam m as in mother kennedy miller yes sir where can they find you on twitter you can find me on twitter at coach ken underscore t n b a again coach ken underscore t as in tampa bay n as in new england b as in the old baltimore colts and a as in ah, i'm gonna just go back with atlanta on this one hey man we'll take it we'll take it we'll take it all right all right remember everybody game plan podcast is brought to you by our friends at velvet noir bc velvet noir beard care products get yourself any three products for 33 dollars velvet noir bc top two not two all right all right sticking with nfl free agency tom brady he signed the tampa bay buccaneers yes and get himself about 30 billion dollars philip rivers assigned with the colts Yes. Nick Foles is gone to the Chicago Bears. Teddy Bridgewater to the Carolina Panthers. And the Carolina Panthers right now are trying to figure out what they're going to do with Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. They Originally, the, the thing they said was that they're working on a trade with Cam Newton. And Cam Newton responded in hieroglyphs saying that he's, you know, that they're forcing him out. And this, that, and the third. I mean, side note, why is he still writing hieroglyphs? He's over 30. Uh, and, you know, so, Kendi, of all the moves we've seen so far, and, oh, and Tyrod Taylor is going to be the starting quarterback for the, for the L.A. Chargers. Yes. So, of all those moves, which move is the most intriguing and which move is the most, I guess, which move is the biggest head-scratcher to you? Well, I think the most intriguing one is obviously Brady leaving New England, going to Tampa Bay. Um, you saw that his list was down to the Chargers and the, the Buccaneers. Um, right before he signed, I kind of thought he would choose the Buccaneers. I was intrigued by the Chargers because I think they have the better overall team. But I, I just had a feeling that Tom Brady wouldn't want to play in the same division as the reigning Super Bowl champ, playing Pat Mahomes two times a year. Um, also, I mean, it, well, both of those fan bases really aren't that big. But I think, like, the L.A. Chargers are, like, so low on the L.A. scale. Like, it, Tom Brady's too big for that. But I could also make the argument that he's too big for Tampa Bay, too. But I think at Tampa Bay, you know, they have a really good number one receiver in Mike Evans. Chris Godwin had a really good year last year. Um, you know, I mean, there's a lot of talk that a lot of former New England players want to go to Tampa Bay now because Tom Brady is down there. You know, Julian Edelman liked a tweet from Deion Sanders saying that he should come. And so I, I think they're in the division where, you know, these past couple of years has been really tough. But I think that it's more wide open now. I mean, I think the Saints will still be good. I don't know if they can be that championship contender for four straight years after three heartbreaking losses that they've had, like three consecutive years in a row. Mm-hmm. The Falcons, I don't really know what direction they're going in. Um, and then the Panthers, I like Teddy Bridgewater. It's a new quarterback, new coach. Um, so I don't really, I don't really have that big of expectations for them. So I think the division is wide open. Um, and so I think that's the most intriguing one. The most head scratching move would be Nick Foles to the Bears. Um, we've talked about this for months, but if Cam Newton were to leave Carolina, I thought that his best spots would be the Chargers or the Bears. And so for the Bears to uh, kind of forego getting Cam Newton or Jameis Winston, who is as you call him the the best bad quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> I 
I think getting Nick Foles is kind of like a head scratcher. I think it's kind of putting them in the same position whereas Cam Newton, we thought with that defense, if they can just have a competent quarterback. And we know when Cam Newton was at his best, he was an MVP of the league carrying an offense that wasn't that great um, to a Super Bowl. And so I, I thought Cam Newton to the Bears was something that needed to happen. I don't know how long that defense can sustain being that elite level that it was carrying Mitch Trubisky to the playoffs because last year they didn't even make it. And so, the, you know, that it's so many times where we say, oh, well, this team is really good if they have one more piece or if they had the, the missing piece. And by the time they get that piece, you know, the, something happens, contracts in, players get older, all this type of stuff. We look at that Jacksonville team. Two years ago was a fourth quarter away from going to the Super Bowl. They were beating the Patriots. And what happened? They kept Blake Bortles. Signed him to an extension. Signed him to an extension. And now that Jacksonville team, not two years later, is almost completely different. Calais Campbell gone. Jalen Ramsey gone. Bouye. Uh, Bouye gone. All these guys gone. Like the team isn't doesn't even have the same identity anymore. And so that's why you have to capitalize on these type of teams. And I, I think the Bears are, are wasting a really good defense by, you know, saying, oh, we got Nick Foles, Foles Mania, whatever whatever they call him. <laughs> they, got, they got one name for him. I'll never say it on this show in Philly. But, yeah, I mean, those are the, those are the head scratching. And then I like Tyrod. He's a good, he's a good quarterback. But I thought L.A., they might, they might draft a quarterback and Tyrod will help groom that guy. Um, so yeah, those are, those are mine. I think for me, the Foles move isn't as much as, isn't really a head scratcher. Like I understand why they made the move that they did. Not saying that Cam Newton wouldn't have fit there, but mm -hmm. they're in the standpoint of where they want to get somebody to compete with Mitch Trubisky, right? Right. If Cam Newton is healthy and Cam Newton is Cam Newton, he ain't competing with no Mitch Trubisky. It ain't a competition. Right. It ain't a question about it. Cam Newton's the guy. Ball, excuse me, Chicago wants to see <clears throat> if they have something with Trubisky, right? And so you bring in a guy like Foles, who's a veteran, you know, who's had some success, but by and large, I feel like he's like the Robert Ori of the NFL. Like, he has these big moments, right? But other than that, he's quite nondescript, right? Right. Uh, the Bridgewater move, I think, is... To me, that is that one's a bit of a head-scratcher because my thought is, if Cam Newton is healthy... He's better. Kyle Allen, Cam Newton is, will be better than Kyle Allen. He's better than Teddy Bridgewater. He's better than just about any other quarterback you can go get outside of like a Mahomes, a Watson, a Jackson, like one of those guys. Like if he's fully healthy, Aaron Rodgers, you know, if he's fully healthy, Cam Newton is one of those guys, you know, where he's in that upper echelon seven, eight, nine quarterbacks in the NFL. But a non-healthy Cam Newton, you have to go figure something out. If I was Carolina, I would have kicked the tires on Cam one more time to see, yo, is is he fully healthy? Because if he's fully healthy, we can give it a go. Because we've got McCaffrey. We've got a dude who, he's the best running back in the damn NFL. Right? We've got a dude, Curtis Samuel. We've got, you know, you've got options. Devin Funches, still out there. Mm -hmm. Defensively, they lost uh, Luke Keekley last year, but they've still got tons of talent tons of ability and like that team was five and seven when they fired ron rivera they finished five and eleven but that's just at a certain point the kyle allen you know the bottom just fell out of that kyle right. allen thing you know there's only but so long with his limited ability he's gonna be able to just like mccaffrey's gonna be able to hide all of that mccaffrey can't carry the whole team yeah 
Um, the only thing I will say about the Bridgewater one, it wasn't as head scratching to me because they brought in the guy from the Saints, and so oh Brady, Joe Brady, they brought in Joe Brady from okay. the Saints, and so you knew that they were going to be, you know, Teddy Bridgewater would uh, already ran the type of uh, schemes and stuff that he likes to run, and you know there there's always been questions about Cam Newton's accuracy throwing the ball down the field, and so I just. I always kind of knew that the, the bridge water to the to Carolina would make sense, but I do totally agree with if Cam Newton is fully healthy, then he's one of those guys that he is a a legit franchise quarterback. Like he's a legit like ten to twelve guy that this is this is why we tank. This is why you lose purposely to get guys like this because he's once in a generation type athlete, and you know was twenty fifteen. That MVP. that MVP season with, you know, not even a num- real number one receiver around. And so that's why I was saying with Chicago, it, it would have made total sense, especially with Matt Nagy, the way that he made Mitch Trubisky look competent his first year. Um, well, his second year, excuse me, when Matt Nagy first arrived, the way that he made Mitch Trubisky look and the way that offense looked, all the schemes and all the all that with Cam Newton. I I just think it would have been a a perfect fit, but it doesn't work out that way. They're going to kick the tires on Trubisky one more time. Now, to get to the Brady aspect of it, right, I think Tom Brady in Tampa Bay, it's an interesting move. I think that's a move that, that that's a team that they felt like they had to make that move because that that's a group that, that they feel they could win now with a quarterback that doesn't throw, throw that does not throw 30 interceptions. Right. Right. Jameis Winston throws 20 interceptions. Jameis Winston throws 15 interceptions. That's a playoff team. Yeah. Because you've got Mike, totally agree. Mike Evans, O.J. Howard, Chris Godwin. Like, your running game finds ways, you know, to do, get done what they need to get done. You've got a great uh, offensive mind in Bruce Arians. But my thing with Brady is at this age, is at 43 years old, can he get the ball to those guys? And I don't mean, like, you know, if they're open, you know, will he make sure to throw to the right guys? It's like, no. Can he physically can he get, get the ball down the field? Because we saw last year in New England, we saw a whole lot of wobblers going deep. Yeah. We it's saw a whole lot. Like, it looked a little off. Remember how we mentioned, like, at the BT, BT Awards, you hear somebody doing the Lifetime Achievement Award, and they try to sing their song. Yep. They try to hit that high note. Brady couldn't hit that high note in, in terms of throwing the football down the field and Brady's never had the strongest arm but some of those are like yeah he used to make that throw in his sleep yeah he makes that throw with his eyes closed yeah. I mean but to be fair he didn't have an number one receiver last year they fired they fired um Antonio Brown they got rid of Josh Gordon Rob Gronkowski retired Edelman's really a two guy right and so they went they went out there and got Muhammad Sanu you know and Philip Dorsett had a whole bunch of dudes out there who really just running just running. Just running. <laughs> and so, you know, he's going to have a better core group of weapons this year. But if Brandon can't get to the ball, it's not yeah, going to mean a bit of difference. And you're right. This division is more wide open than I originally initially thought because Drew Brees, as good as Drew Brees has been, Drew Brees is really he's on the, forward he's on the decline too. as well. Yeah. He can't really throw the ball down the field either. And I realized that when in that playoff game, they ran in old Taysom Hill to throw the ball down the field. That, what I always hark back to, ever since that game that the Cowboys beat the Saints about two years ago, after that, Drew Brees has not looked. It was like after that, it was like a a drop-off. And, yeah, yeah, he's still good. He's a really good 
quarterback, obviously. Like, I'm not saying he's a bum now. Like, he's going to win you some games, but he can't make those Drew Brees throws. He can't put you in those shootouts. Like, when New Orleans didn't have a defense and they were having to play 48-43 games, he can't go through those anymore. Like, I think he's more like a, you know, a, a 20 for 28, 235 yards, two touchdowns type of guy. Accurate. Yeah, he's not going 450, you know, like he used to. And so my thing with Brady is I agree with those points as well. He's older, 43. You know, he probably shouldn't have gone to the last Super Bowl Bowl that he did go to because the last play, he threw an interception. It got negated by that D Ford's offside. And so I think this is why he was getting ready to – this is why he wanted to leave New England because they weren't providing enough help around him. He doesn't make all the throws that he used to. He threw some ugly ones. I want it was it was a Steelers game. I want to say like two years ago, and he threw some ugly passes, and and they ended up losing the game. And so, what somebody said about um, DeAndre Hopkins when the Texans traded him is they compared they called him like an eraser. If there was like a bad ball, if there was an ugly ball, he would be able to find a way because his catch radius was so wide he could he could reel it in. Even if it wasn't the perfect ball, which is why he's been successful with so many bad quarterbacks before Deshaun Watson. And I think that's what Tom Brady was looking for. I need a couple of erasers. Julian Edelman is good. He, he's okay. He's, he's, good. he's really good with Brady. They know they're on the same page. But he's not an eraser. Mike Evans, he's an eraser. He's an eraser. O.J. Howard, he can be an eraser. These are guys that Brady's like, I don't know if I can get it there, but if I can get it in the area. If I can get in an area, I know they got a 50-50 chance of coming down with it. And your point about Jameis is true, too. Four, That's why like, Jameis was throwing the ball bro, up there like, to him like four, that. Four or five less interceptions, and that Tampa Bay team can make the playoffs. Because they were, I want to say, like a game behind going like into the second-to-last game against the Texans. Yeah. And Jameis threw a pick to start the game, threw one and, and he threw one to end it. Okay, so like – it. It's not like Tampa Bay was so far off from not making the playoffs, and Jameis threw 30 of them. Threw 30 of them. <laughs> and meanwhile, my guy's got his eyes fixed, okay? Can somebody give him a chance when he's got 20 20? Because if he threw 30 touchdowns, can't you see the scoreboard? What do you mean? If he got 20 20, what you. I just, I just want to have a shot. I want to see what he's like when he can actually see. It, that's the craziest thing. Jameis Winston won the Heisman Trophy blind. Blind. <laughs> He's been playing all. He's he playing football ball. and baseball blind. blind. Like yo, how do you how are you a pitcher and you can't see, bro? That's what that's what I'm saying. Like that that's all I that's bro, all I you want. You know what that is? That's some, that's some black folk stuff right there. Bro, look, we out there. <laughs> look, look, they're like, sir, do you know you're gonna die? Mama, I can't see. Just go lay down. You'll be all right. <laughs> Drink some ginger ale. <laughs> Yo, can you imagine that's what they've been telling Jameis all his life? <laughs> and they realize the man could Squid not harder. see. <laughs> Yo, and that that's really the puzzling thing for me. Like, yeah, I wanted Cam to have a job. But Jesus, for my own my for my own intrigue, somebody <laughs> give Jameis a starting job so I can see what he's like when he can actually see down the field. And he doesn't see just red spots just going in. You, hey, you catch it. Was it Mike or was it OJ? I don't know who it was. Because me, I'm blind as a bat. Like, I, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm legally blind. If I take these glasses <laughs> off right now, I, I, I promise you, I won't see. I won't see a thing. Everything is spots. So I can only imagine, James might not be as blind as me. But if he has problems seeing down the field, being an NFL quarterback, reading NFL defenses, <laughs> you can't see. What will it like when he can finally say, I can see? 
<laughs> you know what's worse about this, dog? How are you playing football when people are running around you trying to brutalize you, and you can't see them coming <laughs> you at you? You can't see them coming at you. Yo, that is the wildest phenomenon to me. And he's had plenty of time to get lazy, get his eyes fixed. It's like, you know, how folks, you say I got, I got a bag and fix my teeth. Yes, Jameis. Didn't he throw for five thousand yards this year? Blind, blind. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Blind. Blind. We got to leave it right there. But we will be right back. This is the Game Plan Podcast. Don't go too far. Before we get back to the show, we have to remind you guys about our sponsors, Velvet Noir BC, Velvet Noir Beard Care Products. You can get yourself any three products for $33. Again, that's any three products for $33. That's any of the scented beard oils, the scented co-wash or any of the beard balms. And just for listeners of the Game Plan Podcast, you can get free shipping if you use the promo code GPTSM. Again, free shipping for listeners of the Game Plan Podcast if you use the promo code GPTSM at checkout. Even during the quarantine, fellas, keep your beard looking right. Kennedy Miller, I see your beard. It's coming in. It's looking moisturized. It's looking right. Testify about the goodness of Velvet Noir BC one time. Listen, I'm on my second set. Of Vilvanar BC products, um, it's been working wonders. It's got it's it's a good fragrance. It's smooth. It does, it's not overly greasy. Your beard's not overly greasy. You're not just leaking everywhere. And uh, overall, it's a good product, man. I get it, fellas. You're in the house with your lady all the time now. You can't just have a scruffy beard all the time. You got to get something that like Velvet Noir. It's gonna it's gonna help you out. Check it out. Velvet Noir BC top two. Not two. Now back to the show. Sometimes I really want to say fuck the world. I don't give a fuck. I shoot it out with all you bitches. Bitches don't love me. Young black nigga, nigga fighting the world, nigga. Everywhere you go, bitches throwing rocks, nigga. Man, a nigga in the Lamborghini. Seen a Cuban kilo, I was 15. Huh. Dylan Yayo never had my teeth cleaned Restricted license, but I'm so divisive I know the snipers and I flow the nicest Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Game Plan Podcast Alex Goodwin is my name, you can follow me on Twitter At Alex Goodwin TSM, that's on Twitter At Alex Goodwin TSM, follow the show on Twitter Game Plan TSM T as in Ted or Todd S as in... Seattle, M as in Milwaukee. Kennedy Miller. Yes, sir. Where can they find you on Twitter? Find me on Twitter, Coach Ken underscore TNBA. Again, Coach Ken underscore T as in Thomas. N as in Neptune. B as in basketball. A as in archery. All right, all right. I like it. Yeah. I've been teaching these kids, been looking at the wall for like random words. Yeah. This kid's terrible. <laughs> Marcus Marcus Smart has coronavirus. What? Yep. He don't play for the Lakers? He, I don't, there's there's just did, a new update that just came up. Marcus Smart has coronavirus. COVID-19, as they say. We all going to die. <laughs> We're all going to die. <laughs> up in here. Like, this is going to be like, I don't know how long we're going to be stuck up in this house, man. I'm going to be stuck in here, sitting here, bored to tears. I'll tell you what, one of the biggest 
like Perkins being at my mama's house. Mm-hmm. Tons of food. Tons of food. Tons of. I know I got some food waiting when I get home. What you got? Some oxtails, man. Oxtails, rice and gravy, some cabbage. Let's go ahead and finish this. You're Let's right. go ahead and finish this. I was this. about to say, I'm going to check to see if we still got some red beans and rice downstairs. Ooh. I got to check on that. But we digress. We digress. As we always do. Todd Gurley has been released by the L.A. Rams. This is, comes, I want to say, two years after he signed to that massive contract. Yes. With $45 million guaranteed. Yes. Under the assumption that he would be one of the best running backs in the NFL for the next five, six, seven, eight years to come. Mm-hmm. And now they told him to leave me alone, get your bags, get the hell on. Because we don't want you no more. So, Kennedy Miller, can you run through all of like the specific contract details that kind of undergird the Rams' logic in making this move right quick? Yes. So, um, really quickly, the NFL salary cap was set at roughly almost $200 million. So, Jared Goff and Ty Gurley had a combined $53.3 million cap hit account. Um, which accounted for 27% of the Rams cap, which was the most in over a decade, which only allowed 73%. uh, It only allowed just 73% to build out the rest of the roster. So this was reported by Warren Sharp of Sharp Football uh, three days ago, even before Todd Gurley was cut. So he was going in on this Twitter thread saying how 27% of the Rams cap is tied up in two people. And he could see why they would want to move on from Todd Gurley. And so he posted an interesting chart which showed uh, every active running back with a contract with an average salary of over $4 million that was signed pre-2019. So not Ezekiel Elliott. Um, So the six running backs that make $4 million a year signed before 2019, Todd Gurley, David Johnson, Devontae Freeman, Jarek McKinnon, Lamar Miller, and Deion Lewis. Currently now, all six of those running backs, Ty Gurley's gone. David Johnson was traded. Um, Devontae Freeman was is gone. Jarek McKinnon tore his ACL in 2018, and he missed 2019 with the torn ACL. Lamar Miller tore his ACL as well. The team isn't sold on bringing him back. And then Deion Lewis. So, um, basically saying that running backs are expendable. This is the old adage that this is why you don't pay running backs big money because these type of things happen. Um, And then what he really said that stood out to me was the Rams drafted Todd Gurley, number 10 overall, which allowed them to have a fifth-year option available. The fifth year would have been in 2019, and instead of letting him play out five years through 2019 – and then deciding on what to do after that, after three years, they gave him the $57.5 million deal with $45 million guaranteed. And now be, now that they're letting him go, if they had a kept him this year and let him play, they would have the cap hit would have been $17.25 million. They cut him, and so now that they cut him, the dead cap is $20.15 million. And that is the second largest dead cap hit in NFL history. So to make sure people at home understand, dead cap yes. means this is money that the team cannot use to sign other players. Correct. 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 It's just money that is just dead because it, it's not going to anybody. But it was for Todd Gurley, and now that they let him go, it's just in the wind. Just in the wind. So like 
that's something that that made me think about. Number one is this is why teams are always trying to load up and win when their quarterback is cheap. So if we right. remember a few years ago, the Rams went out there and got in Dominicansu, got Brandon Cooks, you know, brought back Robert Woods. They did all that, you know, to try to win before they had to pay Jared Goff, mm-hmm. right? Right. Because once you have to pay your quarterback, all the other pieces around them kind of go to the wayside. It's almost like, you know, if, if you have an outfit, right? Mm-hmm. So if you have an outfit and you have a banging suit, right, and that suit might cost you $500, $600, right? Mm-hmm. Your shoes might, you know, depending on how much money you may or may not have, those, your shoes might only be able to cost you $75, $80, and $90, right? Mm-hmm. But the suit itself, right, is the most important thing. I With agree. the Rams, now you don't have Gurley. And part of the issue, I think so part of the reason Gurley wasn't nearly as effective last year was the defensive alignment adjustment that the Patriots made in that Super Bowl. Everybody else in the league lined up against the Rams in that set, in that front last season. And the Rams and Sean McVay did not adjust to it, didn't adjust to it well. So Gurley was only able to average 3.8 yards per carry last year, mm-hmm. second lowest of his career. They didn't adjust to it. It also didn't help that Gurley has arthritic knees. Yes. And that's a guy who's never seen less than 200 rushing attempts per game. Excuse me, 200 rushing attempts per year. Right. That was about to mess that up. I was <laughs> like, whoa, what That's the say? reason he got arthritis, right? <laughs> <laughs> but at this point, one, where does he go from here? Because if you're telling me that, if I'm just a random team, you're telling me that three-time Pro Bowler, a rookie of the year, former offensive player of the year, Two-time first-team All-Pro and has led the league in touchdowns twice. Mm-hmm. Tell me that dude's available. He's only 25 years old, and I can get him for probably relatively cheap. Right. We're going to kick the tires on this dude. Just like, let's see what this dude has. Like, if I'm the Dallas Cowboys, hey, this is a dude I give a call to. Well, I wouldn't be upset about that at all. Like I'm, like, I'm just saying, like, if you're worried about Ezekiel Elliott breaking down and I'm a little bit worried about something like that, hey, look. It's not bad to have an all-pro, like, as the two-guy. Two-back system with those two? I would not be upset about or, that Or, you all. know, somebody like Bill O'Brien wouldn't do this because it's actually a smart and move. He would never do this. That, and that's the thing. That, that's another reason why, Bill O'Brien, you seem dumb as hell. Because two days later, you could have just signed Todd Gurley. You didn't have to trade DeAndre Hopkins for a Washington run, but you could have got Todd Gurley. Two days later. But it says that his sources are, or sources say that he's interested in Miami and Atlanta. I, I know, I think he's from Atlanta. He's from uh, Baltimore. Yeah. Oh, he's from Baltimore? He went to college at Georgia. He went to Georgia. Yeah. He went to Georgia, so he has ties to the Georgia area. Yeah. But Miami and Atlanta are um, the stops that he's intrigued with right now. I've heard whispers in the wind. Maybe Tom Brady might give him a call, come to Tampa Bay. That wouldn't wouldn't shock me. Wouldn't shock me. Okay, so apparently Gurley went to high school in North Carolina, but he was born in Maryland. Okay. He went to college at Georgia, so, you know, he's from the South. Right. I was going to say, the Miami one is really interesting to me because as terrible as we all thought Miami was last year. Won five was, games. Won, Ryan Fitzpatrick and Brian Flores did a great job. With a depleted roster. And so they trade away everybody good. You can see the you can see what Miami is trying to build here. You know, Brian Flores did a really good job. 
They have a lot of assets, which the Texans were supposed to be trying to do. So they have a lot of assets. They have a lot of first-round picks, have a lot of second-round picks. They have what? They they took our cornerback. They took Byron Jones, paying, making him the highest-paid corner in the NFL. Big mistake, but an upgrade over what you have. Um, they just signed Jordan Howard, so I don't know how running back wise. I mean, running back rise, but I mean, Todd Gur- Jordan Howard is no Todd Gurley. Um, but you can see that Miami is really starting to make some moves. You kind of get the feeling they're going to take a quarterback in this draft. Maybe well, it would have to be Tagovailoa. We haven't done this in a while. Say it three times fast. Tagovailoa, Tagovailoa, Tagovailoa. You still the got- won't stop me. <laughs> Toronto won't stop me. Okay. So, um, yeah, you get the feeling that they might take Tagovailoa. Um, they have the fifth pick? Fifth pick. They have the fifth pick. And they have the Texans pick. I think that's somewhere around late teens, early 20s. Gotcha. So, um, first pick is obviously, obviously going to be Joe Burrow to Cincinnati. The Redskins might take a quarterback. That's the one we talked about this last week. I think the idea that they would punt on Dwayne Haskins this early, this soon, yeah, is insane to me. And like you mentioned, that the Dolphins might take a quarterback at five. The idea to me that Josh Rosen, a guy who was a top ten pick two years ago, all of a sudden like can't play, and it would be different if we like saw him out there for an extended period of time with some weapons and people who actually want to win, like mm-hmm. we've seen, like we've seen with Mitch Trubisky. Right, with Josh Rosen, all we've seen is this dude be handed the keys to a busted up car that's on blocks, transmissions jacked up. Right, like you can turn a car on, the radio starts smoking. Mm-hmm. Like this is a this car is a lemon, and so you can't expect this dude to be good, or you know there should be extremely limited expectations when he's going out there trying to drive a car on four flats. Like yeah. that's like quiet as it's kept. That's somebody like if New England wants like somebody who still that nobody nobody knows that Josh Rosen can play yet. Right, and we still didn't know find out last year if Josh Rosen can play because Josh Rosen started two or three games, didn't look particularly good, but didn't look particularly like terrible. Mm-hmm. But again, if you saw the dudes who's out there throwing the ball to, it might as well have been you or me. Right. So like, but I get it. Talking about low, I think probably would have been a number one pick had he not like. Oh yeah. Like, this is easy. Like Definitely. So, in order to get a value like that for a team like Miami at five, without probably having to trade up, mm-hmm. you've done well. And I heard somewhere today the Redskins might be interested in Cam Newton. Ron Rivera. Ah. Ron Rivera's former head coach. So, at that point, they wouldn't take a quarterback. They'd probably take Chase Young. Um, and then... I think Tagovailoa definitely goes to the but, Dolphins. But I was going to say, again, what do we end up doing with Haskins? Because if you're bringing Cam in, you're not bringing Cam in there to mentor. You're bringing Cam in there to start. You're bringing Cam in there to win. Right. And so I think the thing with Haskins, and even I remember Urban Meyer saying this even before he was drafted. He was like, do I think the kid is good? Yeah. Do I think he's ready? No. He's not ready. He was like, he's years away from being ready as a starting NFL, like he's not ready to take over a franchise yet. So I think it, it's good for Haskins. I don't think – I'm not one to say take a quarterback because then obviously you have like the Robert Griffin and Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins thing. But to bring in a vet like Cam 
who, you know, has had some injury concerns, but someone that can be, he can be in the quarterback room with learning every day, learning how to take over a franchise. I think it would be good for him. I think you're right, but that's if a guy like him is open to it. True. Like, not everybody. Brett Favre was not open to it. Yeah. There are, you have Brett Favre's, then you have dudes who are like Alex Smith. And right. Alex Smith apparently showed Patrick Mahomes the exact precise way on how to take his job. And they said he did it with the utmost class. Right. They said, and even then, Alex Smith is still in that. He, Alex Smith is still in that quarterback room. Yeah, and he. I don't know how much longer he can. Yeah, because like, he got a he lot of pins a, and screws. He, in he almost there. lost a leg. Yeah, like, he got a lot of pins and screws in there. So that's a guy. Like, if Cam doesn't end up in Washington, or if he doesn't end up, he's not going to end up in Chicago, New England. Is New England a place Cam Newton can end up? And we got to go to break in a hot second. Like, do you think New England? You think he ends up there? Who? Cam. That would be very interesting. I would actually be rooting for the Patriots at that point. <laughs> I would. I, I would be very interested in that. We got to leave it right there. Like I said, we're going to have to end up taking some some bets on Cam Newton where he ends up at some point. That day ain't going to be today because we got a whole lot going on. You know, this Rona's out here in these streets ravaging us all. <laughs> but we're going to be right back with our final segment of the show. We're going to talk some R&B. Something me and Kennedy know a lot about because ain't enough football to talk about and this rona is quite depressing so we'll be right back this is game plan podcast don't go too far ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the game plan podcast alex goodwin is my name you can follow me on twitter at alex goodwin tsm that's on twitter at alex goodwin tsm kennedy miller yes sir where can they find you on twitter coach ken underscore t n b a again coach ken underscore t as in tony 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 all right. In as in next. Next. B as in Backstreet. A as in after seven. After seven. I haven't got the list pulled up. Right. And if you're wondering why we're playing all this, why we got the 90s R&B going right now. So because of the Rona, it's quite depressing. There's no NBA to talk about, no March Madness, no really much of nothing. If we don't feel like depressing you with stories about how folks out here paying lord knows how much money at the grocery store how we may be stuck in this house until may or june or something like that lord please don't let me get stuck in this in my mama house that long please look look if i get stuck in this house that long there'll be a murder and i'll be the one dead <laughs> all right so everybody keep me lifted up but i saw a list over the weekend okay top 20 male r&b groups right now we just gonna start at number 12 and go up Okay. Just because most folks ain't really worried about 13 through 20. Okay. So we're going to start at number 12. Is that cool with you? That's cool with me. All right. So number 12. We got next. Mm-hmm. You know, Butter Love. Mm-hmm. Too Close. Too Close. You know, I, I really didn't know. Like, that song was, like, as nasty. That, na- that nasty. I remember it, it got to a point. I, maybe I was, like, a sophomore in high school sophomore junior and i really paid attention to the lyrics i said oh these negroes was nasty and i really didn't realize you know what the song was actually about you right. just listening you're getting to you're making it hard for me you're like yeah yeah you're talking about homeboy talking about, your, homeboy talking about you dancing like you're naked bro even even the first i wonder if she knows i'm right now i said what I, it was just like one day it kind of clicked i turned up and said what did he just say? Because <laughs> you know you just use them, you know, kind of hum it, you know, when you're young. <laughs> then I said, "Wait, 
Wait, what? Say, so, oh yeah, you some na- you some nasty Negroes, man, bruh. Number eleven, Jagged Edge classics. Now, hit after hit after hit after hit. J. E. Heartbreak, one of the greatest R and B albums I've ever heard in my life. Jagged mm-hmm. Little Thrill, banger. And I think what set them apart for me was you know how Jodeci, because they really did the whole Jodeci aesthetic, right? Like mm-hmm. the whole. You know, we 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 army things, but we hard too. We just mm-hmm. didn't whoop your ass, mm-hmm. and they were serious about it. But think about the difference between them and Jodeci was Jodeci couldn't make fast songs. They could with a party at banger, like they could make that work. I think Jagged Edge is still a little low on this. They list. are low. Number ten, day twenty six. I'll say this: classics, vocally, these five are the dopest cats like I've ever heard sing in my life. Now, should they be ahead of Jagged Edge? No. Like as much look, and I will ride for their first album. They should not be ahead of Jagged Edge. Like they shouldn't. Like they didn't have as many hits, but I think people who like like if you know, if you heard that first if you, album, yeah, if, if you, you know, heard, you know, oh, if you know, it's like, oh, you listen to that, you know they call number nine, Mint Condition, Kenny. What you got? What kind of man would I be? Uh, I think I think in the nine ten area. Is, is a good spot for him. I, I but I have to hear who else is a, is ahead of them. But I think that's the right area, the seven through nine range for mint condition. And have you ever, have you ever heard one of their live albums? No, dude, like, really good. I'm gonna send you some of it. Like okay, hey, this right here. It's like one of those D'Angelo live albums. You're like, oh, they really like, like because you know, because you know, sometimes some albums you hear, you're like, with the live instruments, you're like, how how is this gonna sound live? Mm-hmm. Mint Condition has music like that. Like with the instruments in the original recording, you're like, oh, they get busy live. Right. And they got busy. Number eight, Tony, Tony, Tony. Oh, that's a classic. Listen, I think they have, maybe other than Boys to Men, maybe the most hits on my bathtub playlist. <laughs> what you got on there? No, I, I, I lied. I lied. I lied. It, Boys to Men and Josie have the most hits on there. But uh, Tony, 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 I used to start the bathtub with whatever you want. Okay. Not a bad one. But, I mean, it was anniversary. It never rains. Just me and you. Lay your head on my pillow. Like, all the hits was in that bathtub playlist. Sometimes a brother just cut the lights off. Just be sitting in that joker. Just be thinking. Especially if I'm going through something. Oh. Woo. Go ahead. Go ahead. Number seven. Guy. I like Guy. No let's, pun intended with let's I chill. like. Let's chill. Let's chill. Uh, apparently my dad used to cap a stroll on I like. That's how he got my. That, apparently that's how he got my mama. All right, but it's neither here nor there. How, how how did that ever come up in the house? My mom. Every time that song comes on, my mom's like, you know, your daddy used to dance to that. That's how I met him. I said, really? I never knew such thing. Because I, I can't see him as as a stroller now. You can't. You see know him. my. You know my daddy. Straight like. Kinda, yeah. How you doing? Yeah, I can't see him. You know, getting down. You know. <laughs> Yo. That's one of those videos I have to see. Bro, that, that's something that, like, that's why people need to create time machines. So I can go back <laughs> and witness that live. Like, <laughs> he just be on the wall. Yeah, just, just a fly on the wall. Look at this Negro getting down. Go ahead with your bad self. <laughs> Move it all. We got number six, 112. Now, for me, 112, I think, has one of the best three album runs ever. The, first, the self-titled album. The Room 112 album in part three. Mm-hmm. Like Room 112, classic album. Classic. Yeah, 112 has some hits, man. Like, Cupid. Cupid. Cupid doesn't lie. <laughs> he don't lie. 
That's right. Cupid, like they, they had Cupid. Um, next at anywhere. Yep. Love you like I did. Peaches and cream. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget, man. And a lot of these artists, like, it just happened. Like, I would play video games whenever I got home from school. Yeah. Got done with homework, and I'd be in my room just playing video games. I had like a little iPad or a little tablet. And I just had Pandora back then. Just used to, same radio. Just used to put on Charlie Wilson radio. Play Charlie Wilson radio, and it just be all these hits. That's how I got on like 112. Because Cupid came on one time. I was like, who are these brothers singing like this? And you know, you could put the thumbs up. I thumbs up that joint. Tap so in. I started thumbs <laughs> I started <laughs> tapping in. So I started doing so many thumbs up. It was like Pandora already knew what playlist I wanted. So they were just playing all these hits. And so it got to a point where I got an iPhone or an Android, and I was able to have a music library. And I just put all the stuff from Pandora on there. And that's really how I found out about most of these groups, most of these artists, all these songs. Number five, Black Street. Yeah. No diggity. No diggity. Yeah. Oh, man. Deep. Yep. That's a classic. Hey, that's a HBCU party classic. <laughs> you got some PTSD you might to go back hey, to. Hey, that ain't no PTSD right there. That's, oh, that was not a stressful situation. Okay. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Hey, yeah, you, you ever, you ever, you ever been at a party or something? You know, you had to get your knees. Yeah, you, you got a brother holding you in the back. You got a big fella. You got a big fella. <laughs> got to pull your t-shirt up a little bit. <laughs> oh, I got you. I got oh, you. Look, look, those bubbles. You just like. Yeah. You get. Getting worked out. Yeah, you getting worked out. No, I, I understand. Good memories, sir. Lord have mercy. <laughs> <laughs> said, yeah. what no PTSD because this is good memories, boy. Because you, know, you know what I just felt like. You ever seen those old men uh, on? Uh, you ever talked to like your grandfather? Yeah. Somebody, and they always get to talking about. Boy, it was 1971. They remember the sometime, day. Like, sometimes wind was blowing. Yeah. I was Birmingham, Alabama. <laughs> Look, just got myself a Coca-Cola, and then Marguerite Green walked up to me. Finest thing I ever seen inside yeah. of the Mississippi. <laughs> That's right. the moment I just had right now. Like, I saw the scene. That's funny. I saw it. <laughs> Shout out to Black Street. Shout out to Black Street. Deep. Number four. Boys to Men. That's that's a little low. That's a little low. Talk to me. Um... I mean, it might just be because Boys to Men was like the first one of these groups that I like came in contact with, like started listening to. Yeah. Um, like middle school, I didn't really listen to them that much. Didn't really know that much. High school, I went to High Tower. For some reason, after every football game, our band played End of the Road, and like I, it was kind of like a familiar song, but I didn't really know it that well. And so that year, actually, my dad had like an iPod Nano but it was like the first one of those Nanos where it was like touch screen like yeah. you can actually see what was on the screen so he gave it to me but all of his music was still on there so that song was on there and then like a couple more boys to men songs so I just was had it on shuffle one day got hooked into the road doing just fine uh on bended knee listen I I got into like a boys to men for whatever Holy song harmony Come on now, whatever song they play, the acapella, the acapella songs, the end of the road acapella. I actually have on my phone. I don't even have the regular end of the road. I have the acapella version. The one that boom boom. Yes, boom, and they one. they sing that one. I got ribbon in the sky, the acapella version. Uh, oh man! But for you. 
for me, Boyz II Men is a little bit too low on that list. I'd agree. For me, vocally, like yeah. those are four dudes who you know all, most groups have a guy or two that can really sing, mm-hmm. right? But it's like those Nathan, Sean, and Wanye, Wanye can all like bring it, and Big Mike bringing in the, like that bass. Like if you have people, if you ever get a chance to just listen to those acapella songs from Boyz II Men, mm-hmm. amazing. But I think where where Boyz II Men kind of gets a short end, like people like Boyz II Men, people love. Like New Edition, who's yes. number three. Yes. People love New Edition. Like those legends. That was a good point you made. A lot of people like them. They don't have the love, love. appeal. Like it's not. It, it wasn't that put them over the top. Like New Edition. I mean, in the eighties, I mean, they were something else. They were something else, man. And the thing about the stars they had in one group, Bobby, Bobby, Ralph, Ralph, Johnny, and then BBD went out there and did their own thing for a mm-hmm. hollow second. Like yo, everybody like when you split up went out there and made a platinum album, sold, mm-hmm. a, couple, sold a couple million albums, a piece. You don't really see that. Bobby Brown like redefined R and B at the time with New Jack Swing with that "Don't Be Cruel." Like mm-hmm. I ain't gonna front with you. That My was prerogative. One of the greatest songs I've ever heard. In my that was life. On, that was on the iPod. That was on the iPod. That was on the iPod. Number two, Drew Hill. Drew Hill. I like Drew Hill. I like Drew Hill. I don't love Drew Hill. And see that, and that's where the the change goes for me. Okay, I love Boys to Men. I like Drew Hill. Beauty is her name. Okay, somebody sleeping in my bed. <laughs> Somebody's sleeping in my bed. But I mean, it, it's not like the Boys to Men aspect that I had on it. And really, honestly, a lot of this is like people's preferences. Yeah. Like, where were you when these things come out? What were you going through when so and so made this that really hit home for you? Like, Why is doing just fine? Just yeah. Hit you yeah. With the <laughs> Just as so as my name is Wanye. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I mean, it just—it's just different. Like you're gonna rank people differently based on your preferences and where you were. That's just me, man. That's just me. I think Drew Hill vocally, like from member one to member four or five, you know, they switched the lineup up so damn much. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's one member, four members, five right. members, like. But all of those cats can sing. Like, I mean, they can all bring it. You know, so like in a group like 112, Slim is your lead singer, right? Slim done in like a vocal powerhouse. You know, and the rest of them, they got decent voices, but they all sound good together. Like they're greater together than the sum of its parts. Right. A group like Drew Hill, all of those cats can sing. So you bring in a, a group of cats that they all can sing, when they come together, oh, it's a powerhouse. Mm-hmm. Like it's crazy. But I'd agree with you. Like, I really like Drew Hill vocally. I don't like it. Love Drew Hill. Mm-hmm. And so, number one, Jodeci. Now, let me tell you something about these Negroes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know how I just spewed all that preference and where you were. Alex, I wasn't going through a goddamn thing. <laughs> I, w- I wasn't going through nothing. Okay. I was I was living just fine. Okay. But when I stumbled across th- these jokers here, they had they had to be, it was easily like a top three, like, because for me, I didn't even start listening to them really until like college. Like I knew the songs. Yeah, I've heard, you know, come and talk to me, all this stuff. But I went through a phase where I was listening to these jokers in, a, in my blue four Titan <laughs> working at New Faith Church 2017, summer 2017, every day. Come and talk to me. Stay forever, my lady. I, Fiendin, Fiendin, I can't leave you alone. <laughs> I mean, it would 
Listen, man. Those jokers can sing. Like they, they, boys to men. Maybe Drew Hill, but I know them boys to men, and I may be forgetting a couple of groups. But it's one thing to be on my regular playlist, but once I get drunk. What I like to sing <laughs> It's one thing to be on the regular playlist Like yeah it sounds good But when I really gotta sing When I really wanna sing <laughs> I feel it in my soul <laughs> When I feel it in my soul Let me ask you this Because I know I have one of my playlists like that Like on mine There's some folks on there that some folks really don't like you Yeah know? But like when I say don't like I mean like it's not acceptable to listen to this person's music In public anymore gotcha. Um Jagged Edge, that's that's mm-hmm. a, that's all my. I'm gonna sing when I'm off this brown. Yeah, yeah. Jodeci, but when I, boy, when I'm when I'm drinking that Crown Peach, let me tell you something. You know who I think I sound like? Who? I swear I'm Casey. <laughs> you can't tell me I'm not Casey. No, cause cause listen, when you when you listen when you got your everyday playlist on, all these songs come on. Yeah, these songs I like. These songs that are good. But once I like you said, it's Crown Peach, Crown Vanilla. You know I'm a Jack and Coke rock on on that rock. Don't get. Don't let me get on that Seagram's gin Boy. because I drink it and they pay me for it. Once I get on those, the playlist shorted down to about twenty. Okay, because I know I know my level, I know my range, and I know where I like to go with it. <laughs> you know what the wild, bro? You know the thing about it is, man. I told somebody, I said, "Yo, man, when I hear these come on, and I'm on, I'm on my level, and man, just move out the way. I'll sing Listen. the whole song. Look, I'll sing the front. I'll, I'll sing the main lyrics. I'll, I'll sing, sing the background. Every, I'll sing everybody. I'll sing the real. Because when I'm in my car, I am everybody. <laughs> so when I'm out here with you, I still everybody. Man, boy, I'm gonna tell you. You know, I be boy. I told somebody one time. Somebody literally called me one time. My mama called me. You know, I was had I was at the house, jamming, drunk. And she called me, she heard the stereo blazer. What the hell are you in here doing? I said, I'm having a concert all by myself. <laughs> all right. I said, ain't nothing wrong. And look, everything is fine. <laughs> Listen, I know it is at least, if you go up to UNT, I know it is at least about six or seven people that have me on video singing Meeting in My Bedroom. Myself. <laughs> you, 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 talk, you, you was in the bedroom, bedroom, bedroom. Once we get to the end, <laughs> come into my room. <laughs> when them jokers say, Mama, 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 Mama. <laughs> I can't be stopped. I can't be stopped. <laughs> we be at events. They see me getting a certain way. They say, I got to play something. They put it on. They say, here you go. Here you go. Take us home. Because that's the last song of the night. I'm going home after that. And somebody, somebody can meet me if they want to. You know the worst thing is? Because you know, when you start, like, the Jonas come on, I'm about to show my oh, yeah. ass. Yeah. With this, come on. Yeah, it's man. over. Yeah, man. <sighs> This has been fun. <laughs> this has been fun. Like, we didn't, we didn't spend a whole next five, six, seven minutes... <laughs> Oh Lord, we gotta wrap this up. I gotta see if there's anything in the, in, in, in the kitchen now. Yeah, I gotta check now. I'm gonna play some of them songs when I get to go. Dog, and act. Look, and sing the whole thing. And act a fool. Look, and mess the whole song <laughs> up. No one, I can't hit the. Oh rest. man. No one, I can't do. Either way, man, this has been fun, <laughs> man. <laughs> Yo, man, bro, I gotta thank you for hanging out with me again, oh, man. Thank you for bro, having me. You know, you know how much different it feels to actually being. I know, I know, so much better. Like, it, like you can actually feel the energy. <laughs> I mean, we still clown. Yeah, 
Virgin's not the same. Sometimes be poor connection. You waiting on get the, to get the joke. Yeah. Hello, Dad. It'd <laughs> 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 be late. <laughs> Knock a shot. <laughs> But no, we in here, man. It's, it's all right, you know. Hopefully yeah. we ain't been too loud. We still in my mama's house. Right. But everything's been good, man. Let them know where they can find you on Twitter, dog. Coach Ken underscore T N B A. Again, Coach Ken underscore T as in Terrence. N as in Nokio. Nokio. Nokio from Drew Hill. Oh, I like it. B as in Bobby. A as in Aaron Hall. Aaron Hall. There you go. Hey, that's another. Nah, I ain't gonna lie. That's another dude. You ever heard? Ever, have you ever seen the video for "I Miss You"? For "I Miss You" video? No. This is the saddest so. thing to ever hit BET <laughs> in the world. Like, I don't know who decided to come up with this depressing video. Right. But this, <laughs> no, I was watching. I was like, I was like this. I was just about starting to cry. That's how <laughs> awful this video was. Like, Jesus, this is sad. That's funny. But, let's move on. You can find me on Twitter at AlexGoodwinTSM. Get us on Twitter at AlexGoodwinTSM. Follow the show on Twitter, GamePlanTSM. Again, before we get out of here, I got to thank our sponsors, Velvet Noir BC, Velvet Noir Beard Care Products. Again, any three products for $33. Get you those scented beard oils the beard balm the scented co-wash get yourself the peach comb as well man fellas that'll have you right velvet noir bc top two not two for kennedy miller my name is alex goodwin this has been the game plan podcast we'll see you guys next time